Let's begin to thank the Lord together. Let's lift our hands and our voices, one mind and one accord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence, God, that you would grace us with. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, and we magnify you, Lord. Your loving kindness, it is better than life, Jesus. Your mercies, they are new every morning. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We worship you, Jesus, in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. 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 Let us take a posture of victory right now. Come on, let's take a posture of praise right now. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on, there's been victory given tonight. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hey, yandare onororoborobaka. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not killing the spirit, I promise you that. We're going to make our way back to our seats. God has readied our heart to receive the word of the Lord. And I ask that we all cooperate, please. God's going to do something. Don't don't worry about that. How many are ready to let God speak to them? The Holy Ghost that we are feeling this very moment, the Bible prophesies in Isaiah 28 and verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue, Will I speak to this people? How many want God to speak to them? God has chosen to speak to us through stammering lips and another tongue. How many here got the gift of the Holy Ghost? How many are thankful that God filled you with the gifts of the Holy Ghost? It almost seems every service we make such a big deal about the Holy Ghost. Perhaps it's because it is a big deal. In John chapter 3, in verse 3, Jesus said, unless we're born again, we cannot go to heaven, right? So he began to define what that was in verse 5, that we must be born of water. Remember, that's where remission is. We talked about where remission is. But we also must be born of the Spirit. Jesus began his ministry talking about the Holy Ghost. Right in the middle of Jesus' ministry, in John chapter 7, he began to talk and expound in John chapter 14 about the Holy Ghost, about the Comforter whom the Father will send in his name. But this spake he of the Holy Ghost but it had not yet been given because Jesus had yet to be glorified or crucified, buried, resurrected, and ascended up into heaven. Jesus started his ministry talking about the Holy Ghost. 
right in the middle of his ministry, he talked about the Holy Ghost. And then at the end, after Jesus rose from the dead in Mark chapter 16 and verse 16, as he spoke about, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He went on to say, these signs shall follow them that believe they shall speak with new tongues. That was the prophecy in Isaiah 28, 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people to whom God said, this is the rest where he causes the weary to rest and this is the refreshing. I don't know about you, but I feel refreshed. I feel at rest. Jesus started his ministry with it. In the middle of his ministry, he spoke about it. And at the end, before he sent it into heaven, he wanted to make sure we understood just how important the Holy Ghost is. Someone say the Holy Ghost. It's kind of a big deal. Turn to your neighbor, poke him in the arm, tell him it's a big deal. Paul made a big deal about it in Romans chapter 8, verse 9 through 11. When he says, look, we're, we, we are not of this world, we're not in the flesh, we're of the Spirit. If we have the Spirit of Christ in us, if we have not the Spirit of Christ, we are none of His. And the reason why we need the Spirit of Christ, the reason why we need the Holy Ghost, the Bible goes on to explain in verses 10 and 11 that that same Spirit that quickened or made alive the mortal body of Jesus Christ is the same Spirit that is going to quicken or make us alive. You cannot build a device. You cannot build with any technological advancement somewhere with all to catapult your body into the heavenlies. The Bible says it is the Spirit that is going to carry this corruptible body up into incorruption. This is the Spirit of God that is going to cause us to ascend up into heavenly places. Someone clap your hands and say the Holy Ghost. I've shared with you that I haven't always lived for God. And at the same time, I've been around the Holy Ghost. I've been around Pentecostal atmosphere. My my mom and my dad have a power te powerful testimony. But I'll never forget when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Does anyone remember when you got the Holy Ghost? A few of you? Alright. I was nine years old. And uh, I'll never forget because I was asleep the whole service. It was fantastic. You know, that's what you do at church, right? You sleep under the pew the whole time. We had pews and we had songbooks and we had fun with them. And I was asleep that entire service. And because this is the rest where God causes the weary to rest, right? And someone woke me up and that was my, my alarm clock, meaning church is over. Now we run outside in the parking lot and goof off. And when they woke me up, church was still going on. And I turned around like, what in the world did you wake me up for? And they said, your little brother is praying to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm like, you woke me up for that? And I saw my, my punk little seven-year-old brother praying for the Holy Ghost. And you know, the only way someone gets the Holy Ghost is if there's 20 people around one person. It's a 21 to, uh, 20 to 1 ratio. In other words, you can't get the Holy Ghost, right? 
There's got to be at least a minimum of 20 people spitting in both ears, wrinkling your clothes, messing up your hair, and pushing you back and forth. We all know that. And so there's the 20 to 1 ratio with my other uh, brother. And there was, there's three of us brothers and there's one sister. And I'm aggravated. I, I'm mad. Because I'm like, he's just doing that for attention. Anyone got brother, any siblings? Brother, sister? Oh, wow. All right. You all know about sibling rivalry? It's a fancy word for like comp- competitive brothers and sisters. We would compete for everything. We compete who's the fastest. We compete who's the strongest. We would compete, uh, you know, who is the best at sports. We never had a competition for, like, who's the smartest. It was a three-way tie. We was all dumb. And um, so I'm aggravated because my brother, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost bomb went off. You know when someone's got the Holy Ghost because everyone's done praying for them, and, like, it's just like a ripple effect. The atom bomb goes off. Everyone shouts, screams, spits, and they leave my brother all to himself, disheveled and everything, right? So he got the Holy Ghost, and I... I am so incredibly mad, brother. I mean, I am livid. Because I already know what's going to happen. Immediately, immediately after church, we're going to go into our pink minivan. Now, why we had an Astro pink minivan, I don't know. We were just thugging it in Southside Chicago. That's how we rolled. I knew the moment we got in our pink minivan, my brother was going to run his big fat mouth and say, So my mind, the wheels of my mind begin to move really fast. And at nine years old, I begin to preemptively think about some things. The moment he opened his mouth, I was going to throat punch him as hard as I possibly could. I was going to open up the sliding door to that pink minivan, jump out, run away from home, and live on the train tracks the rest of my life. I had it all figured out at the age of nine. Now you're all probably wondering, what in the world did you just kill altar service for to tell us that story? And so as I'm sitting there steeping in my anger, I um, I begin to get aggravated about it, but then I begin to think about this. Man, I want the Holy Ghost. And if my brother can get the Holy Ghost, and I know how evil he is, if he can get the Holy Ghost, I can get the Holy Ghost. And I begin to repent and pray there. And all of a sudden, the 21 to one, 20 to 1 ratio came upon me. And people began to pray with me. And God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost at age 9. And so when we got into that pink Astro minivan, my brother and I both said to our mom, Happy Mother's Day. We got the Holy Ghost on Mother's Day. Now, it was an incredible moment. It was a number of years after that and when I, I, I strayed away from church, my sixth grade year to my senior year. And when I prayed back through at the age of 18, I, I, uh, it was one of those hellfire sermons. The pastor was dangling, dangling me over, you know, the pit of hell. And, uh, I prayed back through and every ounce of saliva, every ounce of snot that was in my body was on that altar. And, uh, but when I prayed back through, I, I began to make some decisions saying, God, I only got one shot at this thing called life. And I don't want to give my life to something that's not real. I don't want to give my life to something that's 
illegitimate. I don't want to give my life to something that's merely religion. I don't want to give my life to something that's cultic. I don't want to give my life just to something that's tradition. I'm thankful for my parents, but I don't want to just do something because my parents did it. And so I wrestle with a lot of things and I begin to explore the apostles' doctrine because I wanted to make sure I believe this for myself. And we talked about the seven locks of consecration yesterday. It says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. You need to come to the place in your teenage years where you understand what's been handed to you. You have to get a personal revelation of what is going on. If you're here tonight and you have no idea what was happening at the front of this room, it would be imperative for you to find out what just happened and what all of this is about. And so I begin to look, I begin to explore and, and see things in the Word of God. And I realized some things about this Holy Ghost. Someone say the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of opinions about the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of ideas about the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of doctrines about the Holy Ghost. You all okay? I know we're just talking. Are you okay? And so I, I begin to look at it. There's people that told me, hey, the Holy Ghost, that's of the devil. When someone speaks in tongues, it's of the devil. I heard people tell me, well, when people speak in, speak in tongues, it's just gibberish. It's just man-made. You're just, you're making it up. You're just overcome with emotion and you just jibber-jabber. And I had some people tell me, well, yeah, the Holy Ghost was real, but it no longer exists. It does not operate today in the modern church. Then I had some people that would tell me, you know, the Holy Ghost, it is real. It does go on today, but not everybody is given the gift of speaking in other tongues. Everybody receives the Holy Ghost, but not everybody has the gift of speaking in tongues. Those things I just listed to you, have you ever heard any of those? Okay. I know we're having a little Bible lesson on an evening service at camp, but I, I, I'm here not just to work up hype. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to make sure you have understanding so you have something to stand on when you leave this place. Someone say amen. So I'm not in a rush. But I am in the will of God, and God is about to do something here tonight. And so I began to look at each one of those things and reading the Word of God, Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, when they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. It says, as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. So it wasn't man making gibberish. It was God enabling them to speak in an unknown language that they have never learned before. So I'm like, well, that strikes out that argument. And then the Bible says there's people all around the area and they begin to hear these Jews speak in these foreign tongues from their foreign lands. And they say, how can they speak? We hear them speak clearly the wonderful works of God. Well, that just strikes out that it's of the devil. The devil's not going to praise Jesus Christ. The devil's not going to make sure the gospel spreads. The gospel, you know, so it just struck that out. This is not of the devil. When you, if you're here today and you don't know anything about this Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, I want you to know these people here are not making it up and they are not under the influence of a demon. This is not demonic. And then I just had to strike out that it doesn't exist anymore today because, I mean, it's too late. I've been exposed. I mean, I see it all over the place. Every state you go to, there's just tongue talkers all across this country and all around the world. But the one I personally struggle with was when someone would tell me, see, 
the Holy Ghost is real, exists today, but speaking in tongues is just one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. So not everybody talks in tongues, but everybody can receive the Holy Ghost. So I wrestle with that. I look in the Word of God and I would talk with people and sure enough they say, hey, see Mark, not everyone. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and you read verses 8 through 10. See, not everybody that has the Holy Ghost operates in the gift of prophecy. I'm like, yeah, I, I see that. See Mark, not everybody that receives the Holy Ghost operates in the gift of healings. Yeah, I see that. See, not everyone that gets the Holy Ghost operates in the working of miracles. Yeah, I, I see that. See, not everyone that gets the Holy Ghost operates in the gift of wisdom. Well, I know that. Not everyone that has the Holy Ghost begins to operate in the word of knowledge. I see what you're saying. Not everyone that, that has the Holy Ghost operates in the gift of prophecy. Yeah. Not everyone that has the Holy Ghost operates in the interpretation of tongues. You're right. And not everyone that has the Holy Ghost speaks in other tongues. I see what you're saying. But wait. What about everyone that gets the Holy Ghost? Do they not have to have faith? Because isn't faith one of the nine gifts of the Spirit? Doesn't it say in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, by grace through are ye saved? Doesn't it say in Hebrews eleven six, but without, it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, there's different kinds of faith. You read it all throughout the scripture in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 and verses 6. There is given to everyone a measure of faith. And everyone's supposed to prophesy according to the proportion of faith. In Romans chapter 10, there is the prayer of faith. In James chapter 5, there's the prayer of faith. You see all this, the word of faith, the gift of faith, the measure of faith. But you can't tell me you can get the Holy Ghost without faith. Because you must believe He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. See, there is a saving faith, but then there are other kinds of faith. You need faith. See, what, what makes baptism work is faith and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ called over you in baptism. What makes it accessible into getting receiving the Holy Ghost is faith that God is going to baptize you and fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so it is. Just like there is a different kind of faith, there are different kinds of tongues. Go on, Paul goes on to explain. I know this is Bible study night. You already checked out. And you say, I ruined the whole service. But I promise you, we're in the Holy Ghost tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2 says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies self. But then two verses later, verse 4 says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks unto God. But then it says in the next verse, the person that speaks in an unknown tongue prays to interpret that he may edify the church. 
See, there are different kinds of faith and there's different kinds of tongues. But there's only one saving faith and there's only one baptism of the Spirit. There's the same faith you got to have for salvation and there's the same evidence every time someone receives the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. By one Spirit are we baptized into this body. And these signs follow them that believe. They shall speak with Someone clap your hands to the Lord. See, there's the belief experience and then there's the Holy Ghost experience. They're two different moments. You read in the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6, you read about the Apostle Paul and he begins to reach out to some disciples, to some believers, and he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They're like, what you talking about, Willis? I haven't heard nothing about it. Oh, well, let's, let's meet you in the context of where you're at. How were you baptized? John's baptized. Okay. Now let's have a little Bible study. And as he began to meet them in the context of where they're at in their belief system and began to take his time with them, all of a sudden understanding and revelation came. And so after they got the revelation of Jesus named baptism, the remission of sins, they went down in that water. And wouldn't you know, any time you obey that revelation, there's a blessing that comes with it. And they were baptized in the name of Jesus and God filled all 12 with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they knew they got the Holy Ghost because they began to speak with other tongues. Now you can say, well, the Bible's just a book that defends itself. Yeah, it does a pretty good job. That's why we better study, show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? Now, then I, I've seen some pretty cool experiences. In North Dakota, just two years ago, in North Dakota at camp, and uh, Pastor Connor, I think I saw him around, and uh, they were at North Dakota camp. They know what that place is all about. And um, anyways, there was uh, my friend Anthony Bailey was preaching and he was preaching about, uh, uh, you know, the enemy being under your feet and having authority and power over him and conquering him. And this sweet little boy uh, named Chance. And man, he is the most precious child. And I, I don't know if I'm saying it correct, but he has a disease called hurdler's disease. And if you saw him, you would just know something genetic is going on. Something something's off. Something's wrong. Okay. And I, I pray with him. I've hung out with him so many times. And he's a cute little nine-year-old kid. Just, just the most precious. He's older now, but at the time. And he was, um, he would come to the altar and pray, Oh, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm like, this, man, what does he got to ask God to forgive for? I mean, what, he loses Bible trading cards? I mean, this is the most pure, holy kid I've ever met. And um, But he's praying. And God filled chance with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And he begins to jump up and down and worship God and speak in other tongues. And he had another friend his age that was from Haiti. And she was just got all big-eyed. He got the Holy Ghost. But then she just kind of just got a little closer to him and listened. And she just got big-eyed again. And she ran and got her mom. And she brought her mom and her mom listened, got all big eyed, and they ran. And she was a, a practicing witch in Haiti and witchcraft, all that stuff. And she went and got the father. And, and all three of them just went nuts because he was speaking Creole which is the native language of that territory. 
I'm telling you right now, that boy didn't pull out some dictionary and begin to recite and rehearse. This pure little child with a disease that God filled him with the Holy Ghost began to speak in an unlearned language as God enabled him. You've come too late to try to tell this preacher that I'm a part of a cult, that I'm a part of some mere tradition, that this is a man-made religion. But as Peter said in Acts chapter 2, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Come on, you ought to be excited. You're not a part of a cult. You're not a part of some Pharisee legalism. You are a part of the most powerful movement this side of heaven. If you got the Holy Ghost, I wonder if you lift your hands and begin to thank God for this precious gift that God has given in earthen vessels. Someone shout hallelujah. You may be seated. It's 8.33. I'm going to be conscious of time. Y'all okay? Let me, let me share with you how my weird little warped mind works. Me, I, 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 uh, when I read a story, I put myself into the situation. I, I put myself into the flip-flops of the apostles. I can't either confirm nor deny whether they're flip-flops. But I put myself in their situation to try to better understand the context and the scene. And uh, there's some people I can relate to, some people I can't. I can, I can relate to Peter. I have foot-mouth syndrome. You, you say something you shouldn't have before you thought it out, and you're like, oops. Anyone know what I'm talking about? A little anger, a little temper. I, I got that Napoleon syndrome all, all up in me, you know. So I get a little angry sometimes. And um, there's some people I can't relate to. I mean, I, I don't know how to relate to Zacchaeus. I mean, what? Am I going too fast for you? He's a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. And I thought so many times what it would be like to be this person, that person. And then I, I would actually empathize with some people. You know, like if I was the children of Israel at the Red Sea and like Pharaoh and his armies behind me, I might piddle my pants just a little bit. I'd be scared, okay? You know, we all like mock and, you know, make fun of all the Israelites for being chickens. But I'm just saying I would be kind of scared. Being in the storm, in that boat, Jesus, why don't you step out? I'm like, man, I'm a cat in water. I, uh, I don't know. So I, I can relate to that. But there's some things I've never thought about being. And it dawned on me one day, I never thought, what would it be like to be an angel? And what would it be like to be a devil? And that's what I want to talk to you just for the next few moments. And the Holy Ghost is going to confirm with signs following tonight. Anyone ready? We're going to talk about angels and demons curiosity. I won't be long. Maybe. But let's pray real fast. And let's ask God to speak to us. Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray you unplug our ears to hear the word of the Lord. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that, Lord, not a word would fall to the ground, but I pray it land on that fallowed ground of our heart that we just had in this altar call. You have readied our heart, our mind, our soul, Lord, as the Spirit moved, and you're going to continue to move. Someone say in Jesus' name. So, an angel. What would it be like to be an angel? Some of you girls, I already know. Whatever. What would it be like to be an angel? Kind of like angels are doing now what we hope to do one day. 
They are around the throne of God Almighty, worshiping and seeing him in his absolute fullness. I hope one day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I make it through those pearly gates and I get to see Jesus Christ and worship the one true living God. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and verse 2, immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven and one sat on that throne. When you get to heaven, there's not going to be three playing musical chairs and when the music stops, my turn. No, 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 no. When we get to heaven, we are going to see God and his name is Jesus Christ and he's going to sit on that throne and we're going to worship him for he is the light of heaven, the light of the world. Someone shout praise the Lord. And so those angels... What would ever go through an angel's mind that can distract him from the coolest experience in eternity? I mean, if you see Jesus Christ in his fullness, what else would you want to do? You know? I, I used to get tired of those, those uh, uh, 7-Eleven songs, you know, seven words sung 11 times over and over and over and over again. But then it dawned on me, that's kind of what happens in heaven. There's this one song that doesn't have a lot of words. But they sing it for all eternity. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy. See, when I find a song I like, I play the mess out of it. I put it on repeat one all day and aggravate my wife. I love listening to a good song and expounding it as much as I can. But see, Michael, I could see him saying, oh, I like this song, Gabriel. Why don't you just leave that on repeat eternity? Because you cannot over-expound God's holiness. Holiness is not weakness. Holiness is powerful. These locks of consecration that we have in holiness, they are the most powerful thing. Don't downplay holy don't downplay holiness don't downplay that which is sacred pure love and so that's what they do what would ever distract them from the coolest thing you could do on planet earth or planet heaven holy 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 that's all they do is think about things that are of god holy holy Holy, things that are wonderful, holy, holy, cinnamon toast crunch. You know, things that are God. You know you're in the will of God when you eat cinnamon toast crunch in the morning. You know, you know, rice krispies. What would ever distract him? What would go through an angel's mind to get his mind off of that? I want to take us to the book of Peter, chapter 1, and in verse 12. It says, to whom it was revealed, not to themselves, but to us. Someone say us. They minister the things which are now reported to you. By them they have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy. You can't have the Holy Ghost. Or you can't have the gospel without the Holy Ghost. It's the gospel with the Holy Ghost. Sent down from heaven. Look at this. Which things the angels desire to look at. What just happened here some 20 minutes ago and we were praying a good 20 minutes, I don't know how long it was, and we were just entertaining the Holy Ghost. The angels in heaven singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy is the Lord. What's this Holy Ghost? And they begin to desire to look into what's going on down here. What's going on out in the middle of nowhere, Arizona, as we're at 2,096 feet elevation, whatever it is. The angels desire 
to look into what you can be a part. See, the angels get to be around God, but they've never been filled with God. There's something different about you. Something perfect can only be around God, but something imperfect can be filled with God. It blows the angel's mind. How is it that I've been perfect since I've been created and get to be around him, but these imperfect, sinful, backward, stiff-necked people can get filled with the very presence of the creator? Whoa, if you got the Holy Ghost, would you lift your hands and your voice? Now that we know what goes through an angel's mind, talking about angels and demons' curiosity, we see what gets an angel curious, what gets a devil curious. What would it be like to think like a devil? Some of you guys don't have to think very hard. I'm just, just kidding. Settle down. They amo. I love you, people. What would it be like? What goes through a devil's mind? Now, don't get weirded out. We're not channeling spirits or anything like that. I'm not going to say, what is your name? We're not going to do none of that. Relax. Relax. Now, we have power and authority over the enemy, but he's not just someone to be trifled with. Your best day in your flesh, he'll whoop you every time. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, we don't need to be ignorant concerning his devices. We better figure out as apostolics what devices the enemy is using because he can use those devices to get an advantage of us. But it goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 11.14, no marvel that even Satan himself can transform into an angel of light. That's why we don't get weird about angels either because an angel can mislead you if you begin to worship it. You know, don't worship no angels. If an angel of the Lord does appear to you, those angels are so fast. Well, don't worship me. I had a friend that did that once. Didn't work out so well. We don't, and I, let me just throw this in. I don't care how spiritual you get, how much Holy Ghost you get in this room at this camp meeting. The Bible says in Galatians 1, 8 through 9, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, let them be a curse. Don't be coming to your pastor with new revelations and new doctrines and new gospels and think you're some superior being. No, 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 no. There is one gospel. There's one faith that's been delivered to us. I'll just throw this out there. Anytime you preach about angels and demons, there's like a line of people that want to talk to you about their experiences. I'm not going to listen to your experiences. Talk to the youth president tonight about your angels and demons. <laughs> Don't get weird, okay? Someone say amen. See, a devil, Jesus exposed him in John 8, 44. He says, this devil, he's a liar. And he is the father of it. He said in John 10, 10, he's a thief. He comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We got to be sober. We got to be vigilant. For Peter said in 5, 8, that we have an adversary who is a devil. He is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Demons. What goes through a demon's mind? All he wants to do with your life is to steal it, to kill it, and to destroy it. He sees you, and he sees the kingdom of God, and he just says, steal, kill, destroy, steal, kill, diet coke. You know, things that are not of God. 
dark things go through the devil's mind. So I begin to ponder, God, what would ever captivate the audience of a devil? And the Lord led me to Acts chapter 8, and I'm not going to read through all of it, but you can write it down because you're all taking notes since we learned about that at Youth Convention. You all bring your Bibles to church, and you all bring your pen and paper to church. Wonderful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 8. I want you to write this down. Verses 9 through 19. We're not going to read all those verses. But here's what happens. In this story, there is a revival that happens in the city of Samaria. Philip goes and he preaches, and all of a sudden people believe. People receive the word of God. People repent of their sins. People uh, have demons come out of them. People are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, people have miraculous signs, the lame walk. It is an awesome revival of epic proportion. And there was a man named Simon the sorcerer who was demonic. He was evil. He was full of the devil. And he practiced all this witchcraft. And everyone in that community thought he was something great and powerful because of all this black magic that he would do. But then Philip came along and he began to do miracle signs and wonders. But he did it without deceit. He did it without darkness. He did it in truth and he did it in light. And so Simon's like, how do you do that? Wow. That's a little So he follows him. Curious about what's going on. Believing also even baptized. But then the Bible says they asked for Peter and John to come. Why would they want Peter and John to come to this revival? They don't need any other preacher. They're having a revival. They're a born again church, right? Sure. Miracles, signs and wonders. Baptisms, belief, word of God, miracles, demons coming out of people. By today's standards in the denominal world, we would say that's a revival spirit filled church. But the Bible says, you read in verse 16 on down, they call for Peter and John because they have yet to receive the Holy Ghost. Wait a second. They believe? See, some people believe that when you believe you receive the Holy Ghost. Some people believe after you're baptized, in that baptism experience, you receive the Holy Ghost. But the Bible says they believed and they were baptized, but they have yet to receive the Holy Ghost. If you're here today and you're new to this Pentecostal movement and you've never been to a camp and seen weird little midgets preach, I anything that I have said that may have offended you, I am not here with the mean spirit. I'm not here to downplay your experiences. Because most people say, I believe, therefore I have received, or I felt the presence of God. Look, I do not downplay your repentance experience. I do not mimic or make fun of your belief experience. Your belief experience was real. Your repentance experience was real. If God healed you of alcohol or drugs, if God healed your body and got you out of a wheelchair and you never talked in tongues, I believe your experience. I believe what happened to you. But your belief experience is separate from your Holy Ghost experience. See, nobody can come to God except the Spirit. So I don't doubt you have felt God and you prayed. It's like this bottle of water. If I was to pour this on my face, I feel that. Now I'm feeling Two different things. To feel it be filled with it. And if you think it's refreshing on the outside, oh, wait till it's rivers of living water flowing from your belly. I'm telling you, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. 
wonder if there's someone that's tasted of that river that wants to go ahead and thank God that you haven't just felt it, but you've been filled with it. Someone shout the Holy Ghost! <laughs> now look at this. Talking about angels and demons' curiosity. I'm, I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying, I promise you. I'm aware of the time. It is 8.48. This elevation does something to me. It's a little different than Little House in the Prairie where I live. Now, the devil steal, kill, destroy. This man that's been around demonic things sees something. He sees the apostles lay hands upon someone that's believed the word of God, that's repented, had a demon come out of them that came out of a wheelchair, and all of a sudden the Bible says Simon saw him get the Holy Ghost. What did he see? This? What did he see? Where he said, whoa, dude, major energy. He says, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. I believe he saw the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in other tongues. They experienced everything else in that church except tongues. God chose tongue as that vehicle because the Bible says in the book of James chapter 3, the tongue hath no man tamed. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. It's set on fire of hell. Just like you can control the direction of a horse with a small bridle in its mouth. Just like you control the big huge ship with a little tiny udder by you steering that wheel. He says that's what your tongue is. See, your tongue was set on fire of hell. You are like a car on a highway to hell. But see, one day when you came to the altar, you said, Jesus take this wheel and he did a big U-turn and he led you on the right way paths of righteousness this highway of holiness and so that devil man Simon says I want to buy that see the devil what would ever get his mind and his attention steal kill destroy what's this holy and he offered him money. The same devil then is the same devil now attacking your generation and attacking our churches saying, give me that power. I'll give you money if you give me the power. See, if you're not careful, you might be in a youth group of two people and you think the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues is hindering people coming to your church. If you're not careful, youth pastor, you might want to get trendy and hipster all out all you want and try to have the wood pallet ball background and flashing lights and smoke and all the guitar-driven music that's only like three chords. You can do all of that you want. Thinking as long, hey, student, dude, students, we're going to like use like trendy terms like Christ, you know, and try to be relevant, dude. Pertinent, man. Far out. 
And we think that's going to get more bodies in the room and that's going to get more money in the offering plate. See, the devil says, look, I'll give you more money in the offering plate if you just sell out on this Holy Ghost. But I believe the word of the Lord says in Proverbs 23, 23, we buy this truth and we sell it not. This Holy Ghost, it ain't for sale. May your money perish with you. Uh, you, we're all excited in the Holy Ghost atmosphere, but you know what it's like at home. We're all pumped up, jazzed up, jumping around, but we get to home, and there's only 30 people in your church, there's only a couple people, and you sit down, and your pastor, you know, he's, it's like a broken record. Bring people to church, bring people to church. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, bring people to church, bring people to church, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, right? So finally, like, okay, I'll bring my friend to church. I'll bring Juanito. So I got Juanito, and I'm kind of embarrassed because I already know. You all can sit down so you can see. So I bring him to church. And I'm a little nervous because I know church is crazy sometimes. So, hey, Juanito, you doing all right? See? All right. And you're worried about Sister Shambrika because she know how to, she know how to Holy Ghost howl. And you see that she's not here. You're like, ah. And then the door opens and she comes in. You're like, uh-oh. Fasten your seatbelt, Juanito. And then they open up the song with amazing grace. You're like, yes. Nobody worships that. No one dances. Yes. But what you don't know is that was old girl's first song she heard when she stepped inside a Pentecostal church and got the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, and you're like, oh, Lord. Look, we're not trying to fit in. Look, we don't need to try to create an atmosphere that is user-friendly, worship-friendly. Look, I'm not for chaos. I'm not for disorder. I'm not for anarchy. But understand me, the only reason they are visiting your church is they're looking for something they have yet to find. They've been to the Methodist church. They've been to the Lutheran church. They've been to the Baptist church. They've been to the charismatic church. But they want to know, where's the power at? Where's the power at? Where's the real church of the living God? And if we're not careful, we will be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. We will be embarrassed about speaking in tongues. Look, we could... We can plan. We can prepare all we want. You can practice this piano for seven days straight on that worship set. And you can play every chord, every line. You can do every guitar solo. You can preach just right. You can sing just right. But look, it's not going to be the music that alters a life. It's not going to be your fancy words or your oratory. It's not going to be like that as Paul said in Corinthians chapter 2. When he came, it was in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit. See, some. Listen to me in the Holy Ghost. Some of you in small churches, you think the reason why you're struggling to grow is because of this tongue talking, because of this holiness, or because you don't have a fancy building, you don't got fancy lights, you don't have a big youth group, and you think because of that you can't grow. I'm here to tell you in the Holy Ghost, you have everything at your disposal to grow. You got praying, you got fasting, you got the Word, and by God, we got the Holy Ghost.
Your little talented solo is not going to free someone pornography. Your nice little guitar riff is not going to put a broken marriage back together. Your piano recital is not going to free someone from homosexuality. We need the power of Almighty God. Woo! You may be seated. You all okay? You tired yet? I know this is Bible study night, so it's boring. You want to write down two absolutely depressing verses, you can write these down. One is found in 2 Chronicles 29.34. Hezekiah, a young man, calls for a revival. And guess what? You get what you preach. You know, churches that don't have the Holy Ghost experiences because they ain't preaching it, it's essential. But the churches that preach the Holy Ghost, essential, going to happen, they have it. You get what you preach. So he preaches revival and altars swell up. But look at verse 34, 2 Chronicles 29. It says, the priests were too few. That's a depressing verse. There was not enough priests to work the altars. We got the same problem in our movement. I'm not against education. I'm not here to say it's wrong that you're going to go be a doctor, a lawyer, some physician, our attorney. You know, we need all that kind of stuff. That's fine and dandy. But what we need is an influx and a great swelling in the Arizona district of young people say, I'll be a preacher. I'll be a preacher. God, you call me. Pastor, you train me. Youth worker, you work on me. If I never get the microphone, I'm still going to preach on the streets. If I never get a microphone, I'm still going to serve the church. If I never get asked to preach an event, I'm still a preacher. The second most depressing verse, you can write this down, is found in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 18 and 19. It says, there was no smith in all of the land of Israel, not one blacksmith. How vital this person was, is they would be forged and formed weapons. They would form farming utensil tools. And out of all the Israelites, not one blacksmith. So you know what they had to do? Look at verse 19. The people of God will go to the Philistines for help. And you say, oh man, that's, that's so stupid. Maybe we're not too far removed. Come on, Holy Ghost filled musicians. I'm leading worship this, this Sunday, God. And uh, I can't write my own songs. Chris Tomlin, can you help me? You can't sing worth a lick, but you write all of our worship music. I got to lead worship this Sunday, but uh, oh, Israel Houghton and Ty, Ty Trippett, can you help me? I know you guys are adulterers and God can forgive. I know that, but can you write me adulterer and others? Oh, you didn't know that? It's quiet in church sometimes. You have the power of the Holy Ghost. God is wanting to raise up in these last days smiths that begin to find an altar and pray in fervor in the Spirit saying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, you did it for David without the Holy Ghost. I pray you do it for me. Make me a sweet psalmist of Arizona, God. Help me to write lyrics that are going to minister to this generation. God, give me a song about the oneness. God, give me a song about Jesus' name, baptism. God, move this pen in my hand so I can begin to write things about the Holy Ghost. God, Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to what? 
the power that worketh. You want to be a preacher, but you got to go to you got to go to some sermon website to get a sermon. You got to go listen and study T.D. Drake's Jakes to get inspired. What's that guy Furtick? What a weird name. Is that his name, Stephen Furtick? I'm not going to ask somebody like that to preach something to me so I can preach to the saints of God. They don't even have that power that we have. It's time, young man, you find an altar, you get a hold of God, you get inspired of the Holy Ghost. You may be see. I'm going to wrap this up right now because you all hate me. I, I, I don't preach to get people to like me. I'm just here to preach the word of the Lord and what God laid on our hearts for this moment. Hear me. Hear me. You have what it takes to explode this district. Stop despising your size. Stop belittling yourself. I'm telling you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. We got the most powerful thing. What did Zechariah say in chapter 4 and verse 6? This is not by might. This is not by power. This is not by your talent. This is by my spirit. Thus saith the Lord. I wish someone shout the Holy Ghost. You may be seen. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this to a close. God's about to explode in this place. Now look at this. Look at the irony of all of this. The conundrum that we are fixed between right now. Heaven above. They're, they're around God Almighty. And they're looking at the hole. Wow. Then you got hell beneath. And it's darkness. Looking up from its very pit. The Holy Ghost. The two most powerful forces on opposite ends of the earth fixated in this moment in this camp. The Holy Ghost. Heaven above. Look at the Holy Ghost. Hell beneath. Look at the Holy Ghost. Then there's us in our churches. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. When angels are more interested than you and devils are more interested than you, something's wrong. All attention of all eternity is fixated on the opportunity for you to yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. You may not have the Holy Ghost ever spoken tongues before. Listen to me. This is not something to brush off. You may have got the Holy Ghost as a child and you've been questioning your experience whether it was real or not. You better pay attention right now because the outpouring of the gift of God's Spirit is about to reflow through some of you and God's about to fill you with the very first time of ever receiving the Holy Ghost tonight. Don't let an angel be more focused than you are. Don't let a demon be more focused than you are. For an angel cannot get the Holy Ghost. A devil cannot get the Holy Ghost. But you are earthen vessels that God What's a poor treasure into? Ah! 
So serious is the Holy Ghost that Jesus said it's the only sin he will not pardon. You can mock the work of his flesh, but don't mock the work of his spirit. This trendy thing of people going around mimicking tongues. I rebuke it. This is not something to be trifled with or to take lightly. The Holy Ghost, the only way it was even possible for you to see people receive miracles in the Old Testament. People received dead to life in the Old Testament. But it took God of all life to wrap himself in the flesh and to die on a cross and to rise again for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. There's nothing God put more effort in than for you to be receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost before the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, listen, the irony of the conundrum, how powerful is the Holy Ghost. But it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 32, as we stand together, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Now listen to this instruction very carefully. Don't you forget it. When you have the Holy Ghost and you're speaking in tongues and a wave of God is moving through this place, your pastor gets up to that pulpit and begins to speak. That scripture says you have the ability to be in order and to rein it in and let the man of God speak. No matter how much you're getting blessed, you make sure the word of understanding goes forth. That's why I, I praise God. I celebrate that group that was praying over there and tongues going after it. But they were submitted enough to say, all right. And they went back to their seats. You know what God's going to do? He's going to renew them in a powerful way in just a moment. See, the Holy Ghost is so powerful, but you have the ability to rein it in. What, what, did the, what did Paul tell the church in Thessalonica? As he spoke to them in chapter 5 and verse 19, he said, quench not the Spirit. You know why? You can quench the Spirit. You ever been in a church service? And after the service, you're going out to eat, you're going home, and you're kind of talking to your friends or maybe to yourself, and you're just kind of like, frustrator. It felt as if something was about to happen, but it didn't. You ever been in a service like that? That's because more than likely, something was about to happen, but it didn't. Because we, for some crazy reason, God permits us to quench his spirit. The Holy Ghost is in here in such a powerful way right now. Understand the power of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we don't know how to pray, but it's the prayer and the spirit that helps our infirmities. Paul said, don't forbid to speak with tongues in verse 39 to 14. He says, I thank God I speak with tongues more than y'all. If you're weak in your faith right now, it says in Jude 1 20, but beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You want God to speak to you tonight for with stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak to this people? I'm going to give some clear instruction. 
and God's about to pour out. If you are here tonight, I'm not here to embarrass you whatsoever, but if you have never received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, but you would like to, you would like to receive that gift, I invite you to come to this front area between these two speakers right now. If no one comes forward, no one comes forward. I'm not gonna. I'm not a high pressure salesman. But if you would like the Holy Ghost, and if you get to receive the Holy Ghost, all of eternity is focused on this moment right now for you to be filled with a wonderful, precious gift, of the Holy Ghost. Any age. My daughter was four years old. She received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Anyone else? Okay. If you're here. And it's been a long time since you spoke in tongues and you want to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. I want you to come to this very front area right now. As close as you can. I got my eye on you, buddy. I'm going to pray with you. As close as you can. Only one person wants to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. That's it, huh? See, this is our problem. This is all embarrassing and awkward to us. Angels would gladly trade places with you right now. Devils would like to purchase what your opportunity is right now. God is going to confirm to you that this is real. You are not a part of a cult. I will give instruction real fast here. If you are going to be an altar worker and you're going to pray for people, God forbid, before he strike you dead, getting people to repeat after you and telling people they got the Holy Ghost when they did it. I'm against that. I cannot give anyone the Holy Ghost. And I cannot get you to repeat after me or mimic me. This is real. And God's about to show himself true in this place right now. And you are going to know that you know that you know that this is real. But when you leave this place, the first voice you're going to hear is your voice saying, I don't know if I really got it. And then the next voice is going to be the devil telling you didn't get it. You got to settle it in your heart tonight. What you got when you were nine years old that you've been questioning for the past five years, God is about to send the witness of the Spirit with these signs following them that believe. You shall speak. Listen, kid. I'll tell you how you're not going to get refilled. I'll tell you how you're not going to get filled. Look at me. This is how you will not get filled and how you will not get refilled. You have to. Speaking in other tongues. The word confess means to bring your thoughts into words. You have to open your mouth like this water bottle. For it to be filled, it's got to be empty. you got to open the cap, take the cap off. Open your mouth and let sound out. Let all your words pour out till you got no words left. And when you got no words left, God's about to flow through you and let it run like a river. It's going to be a cup that runs over. But you have to open your mouth. You might be an introvert, but it doesn't matter. You have to open your mouth. You have to begin to worship God. And uh, this is what I want altar workers to do. And this is what I'm going to do with each person I pray. I'm going to come up to you when I pray for you. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to ask your name. And I'm going to ask, have you received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? You tell me yes or no. And then I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask, what would you like me to pray for? You say, well, that's weird. That's fine if it's weird. I was just at Texas camp last year. And I gave instruction to the altar call. And this 
this lady's praying and spitting over this girl. And I interrupted and I said, hey, what's your name? And the lady starts telling me what her name is. I go, I'm Dr. I go, what's your name? She says, I'm so-and-so. And the lady interrupts. Well, she needs the Holy Ghost. I go, what would you like prayer for? And she says, my mother and I. It's a bad situation. I go, okay, let's pray for you and your mother. And that precious raisin got a little mad. I begin to pray for her and her mother. And we begin to pray for that situation. And then she began to open up and weep. And then she began to call on the name of the Lord. And I began to lead her and say, come on, let's just ask God to clean our hearts right now. You know, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but we would be blessed to have some gifts of common courtesy and common sense. The altars are too few of altar workers. And I thank God for men that know how to work the altars and pray with people with good instruction and understanding. But when we begin to pray for you, and when we place our hand on your head, and we begin to pray in the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost, I want you to lift your voices. And I'm not going to force you to speak in tongues. I'm not going to make you repeat after me. But there is a sovereign presence of the divine in this room right now. And some of you got revelation and understanding. You came here with question about your experience when you got the Holy Ghost at children's camp. But God's going to let you know at senior camp. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. It's this Pentecostal blessing. And I know if you're ready to receive the Holy Ghost and to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift your hands in this place right now. And I want you to begin to cry out to God and begin to pour out your soul. God inhabits the praises of his people. Enter into God's gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Begin to thank him for the word of the Lord right now. And begin to thank him for the sacrifice that was slain from the foundation of the earth. As you begin to thank God, as you begin to praise God, God is going to begin to march through this place right now and when you begin to know the presence of God is there I want you to ask God to forgive you of every sin you committed right now Jesus I thank you for the cross and Lord your cross your sacrifice will not be in vain I ask that you would create in me a clean heart begin to ask God to forgive you right now come on come on confess your sins confess your sins confess your faults God I'm sorry Lord for my doubt I'm sorry for my fear I'm sorry for my lack of faith God I'm sorry for backsliding God I'm sorry for smoking dope God I'm sorry for looking at pornography God I'm sorry for lying I'm sorry for talking back to my parents I'm sorry for stealing God I'm sorry for cursing God I'm sorry God for rebellion I'm sorry God for talking back God I'm sorry for that fight I was in I ask you to create in me a clean heart oh God renew a right spirit within me I empty myself of myself I pour out my heart to you Jesus I empty myself so you can fill me God I make room Lord I remove everything in my heart right now that is not of God I strip the walls of my heart Lord clean out every corridor and every corner of my soul my innermost being God I make room for you right now I empty myself so I can be filled with you lift up your voice lift up your voice there's faith in the house there's faith in the house. That's it. Open your mouth. Cry out to God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I pray some of the men of God here, some of the ministers, youth workers, and staff, if you would find someone to pray with right now, I pray right now, God, that you would open up the windows of heaven. I pray you roll back the roof of this church, Jesus. Fixate a ladder between heaven and earth. And I pray, God, the divine, Lord, the angels of heaven would ascend and descend upon this place. Every spirit of opposition, God, every ounce of flesh that would resist and quench the spirit, I bind it and I cast it out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the power and the authority of the word of God, it will not return void. Lord, let it show forth signs following. In the name of Jesus, be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Yield yourself to God. Surrender control. Surrender your will. Yield. Don't be worried about how you sound right now. Don't be worried about how you look right now. Yield to the Holy Ghost. Be ye renewed in the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy according to the proportion of faith, God, that you have gifted me with right now. Lord, I pray absolute liberty in this room. In Jesus' name, be loosed. In Jesus' name, church, be released. Come on, let there be a sound as of a rushing mighty wind.